You might ask, why are you waiting for Jesus Christ to come back? Because when Jesus Christ comes back, he's going to clean this whole mess up. <laughs> there isn't a politician you can vote that's going to clean this mess up. I don't care what you think, who you, what side you're on. I'm not going to get into politics. Well, I am going to get into politics. They're all messed up. Every one of them that you can vote for is messed up. But Jesus Christ, when that king of kings shows back up, he'll clean all this mess up. He'll do it right. He'll do it right. Look at Revelation chapter 7, 16. Let's do 16. Revelation chapter 16. We'll go all the way back up to verse 12. Kind of pick up where I left off last time I was preaching through the book of Revelation. Now, as I go through the book of Revelation and I preach this morning, at the end of this service, I'm going to give you an opportunity to take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, uh, I believe the time is short. I'm going to show you some things in the Bible this morning that will show you, I believe, that will show you that the time is short. And uh, we don't have much time left before Jesus Christ comes back. Once Jesus Christ comes and he raptures out his church and takes us on into heaven, and then God's wrath is poured out on mankind, if you're left behind, woe be unto you. Woe be unto you. It won't be as easy as just taking, taking your faith and putting it in Jesus Christ and he'll save you. We've read through Revelation together. We've, we've, I preached through Revelation. We've said that and studied that together where it shows that there's a faith and works uh, based salvation there where, yeah, you can put your faith in Jesus Christ, but you better not take that mark of the beast because if you take that mark of the beast, you've damned your soul to hell. And if you don't take the mark of the beast, then you can't buy anything to drink. You can't buy anything to eat. You can't pay your bills. The whole system's set up on that mark of the beast after the rapture of the church. It's all real plain in Scripture. So the time is now. If you haven't made that decision for Jesus Christ and you've been putting it off, don't put it off any longer. I can't guarantee you tomorrow. Nobody can guarantee you tomorrow. Jesus Christ might not come back for another 50 years, but you might die tonight. And if you die tonight without Jesus Christ, the Bible says you're going to go to a devil's hell and spend eternity burning. Revela uh, look at Luke chapter 16. You can read all about it in there. But let's look at Revelation 16 this morning. Pick it up at verse 12. Revelation 16, verse 12. And the sixth angel poured out his bile upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I taught on that, that the east of Jerusalem, east of that river Euphrates, that's where you'll find China, you'll find Russia, you'll find India, and those great kings, their great armies going to come across to the battle of Armageddon. Verse 13, and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. That's the unholy trinity, the dragon being the devil, the beast being the antichrist, the false prophet, of course, being the false prophet that preaches and teaches everybody should worship the antichrist. It says unclean spirits come out of the mouth, and it comes out like frogs. That's where we get the saying, you have a frog in your throat. I got a frog in my throat. It comes straight out of that verse 13 there in the Bible. Look at verse 14. For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth into the kings of the earth and to the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Now, we looked at this last week, and what's going on is they're get, these, these unclean spirits, they're doing miracles to the false prophet, to the antichrist. They're deceiving the whole world. They're trying to get all these armies, all these kingdoms, all these nations come down to the battle of, uh, the battle of Megiddo, the Mount of Megiddo, to the battle of Armageddon, to come on down, and Jesus Christ can come. They're going to come down and fight against God. They're crazy enough to believe they can win against God. 
And nobody has ever won against God. Just one angel killed over 100,000 men in one night. One angel. And you're going to fight a whole legion of angels with Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe? You're crazy. But I think the whole world's crazy anyway. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them. These unclean spirits, these devils are gathering them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. We call that the battle of Armageddon. Now look at verse 15. Behold, this is Jesus speaking, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked. And they see his shame. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray, Lord, you bless this uh, preaching. Lord God, you bless this, these people here that are come into your house. Lord, they could be anywhere else, but they chose to come in here this morning. Lord, I pray you speak to the heart the truth, Lord God. And Father, I pray, Lord, that it be your words preached, not mine, Lord. And I pray your Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us and direct us into all truth, Lord. But I pray, Father, if there's somebody in here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, when we give the invitation in a little while, Lord, they'll come on down and get saved, Lord God, by... Simply putting their faith, simply putting their faith into Jesus Christ and the shed blood he did on the cross for them, Lord. And I thank you for that simplicity of salvation. I thank you for loving us enough to die for us. And Lord, I thank you again for this great nation we live in, Lord. We can preach your word without hindrance, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. So it says there in verse 15, the Lord says, Watch, behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches. He's coming as a thief. And he wants us to be watching and keepeth his garments lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So they see there's verse 15 shows you it says keepeth his garments. The Bible says that the Lord Jesus Christ is keeping us and he's keeping our garments. So this kind of speaks to a, a, a faith and works salvation. But it also applies to a Christian because we need to be righteous. We need to be holy. And I'll show you that in a couple, in a couple minutes through the scripture. But we need to be keeping ourselves holy. We need to be keeping ourselves righteousness and walk so we won't walk naked and they see his shame walking naked nakedness in the bible isn't complete nakedness it might be the way when you go to walmart and you see how people dress out in walmart sometimes that's what the bible calls nakedness my mom used to call it said they're half naked yeah they're dressing half naked that it's where you're showing a lot of skin that's nakedness and he says you'll be ashamed and they'll see you being ashamed Christian, there's going to come a time where God's going to judge us through Jesus Christ. We've already been judged for our sins, amen. We're going to heaven, but when we get to heaven, we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and we're going to have to answer for everything we did as a Christian on this earth. And that's when we will be ashamed. There'll be a lot of us that will be ashamed, and thank God he's going to wipe away all those tears in Revelation 21-22. Let's continue on, and let's find out what we got here. Verse 16, and we'll go back to verse 15 in a minute. Verse 16. And he gathered them together, all those armies, all that, those armies, he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. Armageddon, there it is, Armageddon. Armageddon is Hebrew for Mount of Megiddo, or Hill of the, hill of the Crowded, a Crowded Hill. So the, uh, the Bible says there are at least, at least a 200 million man army that crowds into this valley north of Jerusalem to fight against Jesus Christ. That's at least a 200 million man army, the Bible says there, that they crowded in. So it's called the Crowded Hill or the Mountain of Megiddo. Look at verse 17. And the seventh angel, the last angel, pours out his vial into the air. And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. 
It's about to finish up. Now, after Revelation 16, we're going to get a couple of chapters, a parentheses of a couple of chapters of 17 and 18, where we're going to see some things, some interesting things we can see about uh, the mystery Babylon, and I'll preach on that. But then in verse nine, uh, chapter 19, that's when Jesus Christ comes back, and I can't wait to get to chapter 19 because we're getting close to the end. We're getting close to the end of the book of Revelation. It's a great thing. Now, he says, it is done. Now, look at verse 18. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as were not since men, since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. That's a great earthquake. One of the signs that we're living in the end times, Jesus was asked by his disciples, how will we know it's the end of the world? And Jesus Christ said there'll be earthquakes in diverse places. Earthquakes all over the world. So if you look at uh, modern technology, when we've been able to measure these earthquakes, they're increasing. As we're getting into the 2000s, as we're getting into 2020, the earthquakes are increasing, and they're getting more and more frequent, and they're getting more and more high intensity, like 7.0 and 8.0 and these and very, very intense earthquakes. There's a whole lot more of them going on. You know why you don't hear about them? Because they're worried about it's LBGQT month. And they got to tell you all about that and how you should be helping diversity. There's so much going on in the world that you're not hearing about. The media's got you focused on this little thing in here in the corner while all the world's coming to an end. And that's the way the devil's going to do it. But if you look it up, you'll see these earthquakes are increasing. And it gets to the end where God makes a big old earthquake. It's the whole earth is shook. The whole earth is shook. It says it's a mighty earthquake. A great earthquake. Verse 19. And the great city, that great city would be Jerusalem, was divided into three parts. Now it says when Jesus Christ comes back, when he comes back after the battle of Armageddon, he comes out and he lands, boom, he lands right there on the Mount of Olives. And the Bible says the Mount of Olives is going to split right in two. And you wonder if that's not right about the same time here. And I'll preach on that and show you that in the Bible where, that, where that's talked about Jesus Christ coming back and landing out at the Mount of Olives, the Mount of Olives, right out there by Jerusalem. And the great city was divided into three parts. That would be Jerusalem. And the cities of the nations fell, all the cities. Fort Worth, Dallas, Houston, Detroit, New York, all those, all those big skyscrapers, they're shook so much, everything's falling. Notice this, we keep reading, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. So what you need to understand, if you're in here, you've never read Revelation, never studied Revelation, what goes on is God in the end time is going to pour his wrath out on mankind. Right now, we're living in a day of grace. God's grace is given to us through and only through Jesus Christ. He's the only way. His love is only found at the cross of Christ. That's the only place you're going to find God's love. Outside of Jesus Christ, outside of that cross of Jesus Christ, you're not going to find God's love. What am I going to find, Pastor? You're going to find God's wrath being poured out on mankind. And what you have going on here is at the Revelation 4, whenever the church is raptured out, when Jesus comes back to the air and grabs his bride, grabs everybody that's a born-again believer, he pulls us out of this world, and the Bible says he pulls us out, and then God just pours his wrath out through seven seals, through seven trumpets. Now we're seeing seven vials of God's wrath just being poured out with a great earthquake. Verse 20, And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. 
that's a complete destruction of this earth as we know it. All the mountains are falling down. Uh, the islands are being covered up by all these tsunamis of waves. And Jesus Christ says in the end times there'll be, there'll be seas and waves roaring. There'll be tsunamis and hurricanes. So all of this is happening as God shakes and rattles this earth like it's never been shook and rattled before. And all the water's moving on the earth and the mountains are falling down. All the cities are falling down. And look at verse 21. This is interesting. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, like a hailstone, like we get every, almost every month in Texas lately. Every stone about the weight of a talent. Every stone about the weight of a talent. How heavy is a talent? A talent is 80 to 90 pounds. Hailstones coming out of heaven. Now, some of y'all have been in some major hailstorms, and y'all can tell some stories. I've been in a hailstorm there, there in Bangs, Texas, that was softball-sized hail. I'll never forget it. If I live to be 110, I'll never forget it. The clouds turned black, and I knew there was a thunderstorm coming. Now, I'm one of those crazy guys that loves watching storms. So I like to go outside and see if I can get struck by lightning or wind blowing. You know, I'm just an idiot. I know I'm an idiot. So I go out there, I'm looking, and it just gets, I've never heard it. First off, electricity got knocked out, so it's just dead quiet. No air conditioners running, nothing. Just boom. And I'm listening at this. There was, you didn't hear a peep from a bird. You didn't hear a dog barking. You didn't hear a cat, cat meowing. You didn't hear a Jehovah's Witness knocking on a door. You didn't hear nothing. It was as quiet as I've ever heard it before. And way off of it, like blocks and blocks away, I heard this boom. And then bam, boom, bam, boom, bam. It was the most eerie thing I'd ever heard in my life. As those softball-sized hailstones were coming down and hitting people's roofs and going through some of people's roofs and going through people's car windows, and going, it was boom, bam, boom, and it only lasted for like three minutes. I'll never forget it. I can't even comprehend 80 to 90 pound hailstones. This is uh, unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Do you know when they set off an atomic explosion, when they set off atomic explosion, it causes hail, and I have written here in my Bible as a footnote here, it caused hailstones that weighed about 20 pounds. They set off atomic, you know, testing atomic explosions. It was causing hailstones that weighed about 20 pounds, and they were denting, they were coming along, and they dented the ships that were out in the ocean that was, that was recording that atomic explosion that went off. So you know we're looking at, we're, every day it's a nuclear war about to break out. Every day there's a fear of nuclear war. Every day. Turn to Ezekiel chapter, well, look, no, let's finish up verse 21, then we'll turn to Ezekiel. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hell, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. After everything is done, after the earthquake, after the hailstorm, they won't repent. They won't say, I'm wrong and God's right. I need to get right with this God. They say, curse God. They start cussing God. They blaspheme God. Look at Ezekiel chapter 38. Look at Ezekiel chapter 38. We're going to turn to some scripture this morning. I need to get going. Ezekiel chapter 38. Ezekiel chapter 38. And I'm going to be turning through scripture this morning. So if you can't keep, along, if you can't keep up, and I understand if you can't, because I'm going to be turning pretty fast, uh, I'll be reading it to you, so don't worry about it. And you can always come to me after church and say, hey, brother, where's those scriptures at? You went too fast. I couldn't keep up with you. Ezekiel chapter 38. Look at verse 18.
Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 18. It shall come to pass at the same time when Gog... Now, Gog is associated with Russia and Germany. Magog, Magog is associated with Germany area. Gog has always been associated with Russia. And it shall come to pass at the same time when God shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that, that my fury shall come up in my face. God says, I'm going to get mad. You're going to be able to see it in my face. Like his face will get red. And he says, when God shall come. Now, I want to show you all something. Keep your hand here, but you should be right there with you. But look at chapter 39, verse 1. Ezekiel 39, 1. I don't even have to turn my Bible. But look at Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 1. Look at this here. Therefore, thou son of man, prophesy against Gog, there he is again, and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I'm against thee, O Gog, look at this, guys, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. You know what that is? That's Moscow. Meshach, Moscow, and Tubalus. That's another town there, another city in, Moscow, in, in, in Russia. What's been going on the last two days? <laughs> Y'all been keeping up with the news? Supposedly, I don't know if it's true or not, uh, people have argued back and forth. Evidently, they tried to have a coup in Russia where they tried to take over, the, the military tried to take over Putin, take over his, his regime, and then they backed down, and then they turned around and didn't do it or whatever. I don't know if they're still going to come with that, but the whole world was looking at Russia for two days, right? Because they said that there could be a nuclear war breakout. Your Bible said 2,500 years ago that there was going to be a Gog that was associated with God, with Meshach, or that's Moscow and Tuba. Guys, this Bible's way ahead of your newspaper. Just watch Russia, watch China, watch Israel. If you don't know what's going on in America, don't watch the United States and the President of the United States. Don't watch him. Don't, uh, please, for everything that's holy, don't watch him. You're wasting your time. Watch what they're doing over in Russia. Watch what they're doing over in China. Watch what's going over in Israel. That's where God's eyes are at. Go back up to verse 18 of Ezekiel 38, chapter 38. And it shall come to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. So that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all the creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence and the mountains shall be thrown down. Notice it says there's going to be, there's going to be a great earthquake. The, the sea, the, the fishes in the sea, everybody that's in there, it's going to be a great uh, shaking and it's going to be at my presence. That's when Jesus Christ comes back. When Jesus Christ starts coming back and, and, the, and Jesus Christ, the creator of this earth, comes back, the whole earth's going to start shaking and rattling. That great shaking and earthquake that we read there in Revelation chapter 16. And it's at my presence. You can't stand in the presence of a holy God. You, some of y'all might have the idea that, well, I get to heaven or if I ever stand before my God, I got a thing or two I'm going to tell him. You're not going to tell him nothing. You're going to stand before him and fall before, before him. There's no way. Say, so, well, if God's God, why don't he come down and talk to me? If the sun is the sun and it's, and it's brightness, if it, the sun came to you, you'd just burn up. Your body would burn up. 
That's the holiness of God. God's trying to show you something. It's, if God was to show up, you, couldn't, you wouldn't be here. You'd be annihilated. You're, his holiness would destroy you. You're unholy. We're sinners. We can't stand before God. We sure can't stand before God if he's mad at us and angry. And it says that his presence, the whole earth's going to shake and the mountains shall be thrown down and the steep places shall fall at every Wall shall fall to the ground. Won't be a wall standing. Verse 21, And I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brothers. Great battle ha happens. Look at verse 22. And I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood. Blood. And I will rain upon him and upon his bands. There'll be blood raining down from heaven. Remember when we read back in Revelation 14, about verse 20, that there'd be blood running for about 200 miles to the horse's bridle? That's how, much, that's how bloody that battlefield is going to be. It, not only will it be the blood of men that God's uh, squished out at the grapes, like grapes, it'll be that blood that's raining down from heaven with that, those great hailstones. I'll plead with pestilence with blood. And I'll rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him. An overflowing rain and a great hailstone. There we go. That we're just reading about that in Revelation. Fire and brimstone. 23. Thus will I magnify myself. That's God. And sanctify myself. That's God. And I will be known in the eyes of many nations. And they shall know that I am the Lord. There won't be no doubt then. I don't know if I believe in God. I don't know. He said that day, everybody will know that there's a Lord. And that's me. And it's going to glorify me. Everybody's going to be. And it'll magnify me. Now I want to go back quickly while we have some time. And go back to that verse 15 in Revelation 16 where Jesus Christ said, watch. As a thief, I'll come as a thief. And I want you to watch. I want you to watch. So turn to Matthew 24. If you're following with me, turn to Matthew 24. Jesus Christ gave us some very important, important marching orders. Matthew chapter 24, verse 42. He gave us some very important marching orders. And everybody remembers some of them. You know, oh, I know the Lord wants me to love, especially love my enemies. The Lord wants me to forgive. We know some of these commandments God gave us. Jesus Christ gave us. But we forget, we tend to forget that one of the commandments that the Lord Jesus all through the Gospels told his disciples, and he said right there in Revelation 16, he said, Watch. You better be watching for me. Look at verse 42. Matthew 24, verse 42. Watch therefore. Watch therefore. This is the Lord speaking. Jesus Christ, watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Guys, we don't know when he's coming. You better be watching for him. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would have suffered his house to be broken. See that goodman there? That's the person of the house. That's the devil. See, the devil's control of this world. He tried to give this whole world to Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ wouldn't take it. The, the devil is running this whole world system. And the only thing good in this world that Jesus Christ is going to come as a thief and steal out is me and you, the believers. 
We're the best thing in this world. We're the most precious thing in this world. Because when we're out of this world, everything else is going to fall apart. Everything else is going to be destroyed. Everything else is going to shake and fall down. Because the goodness, the good thing in this world, the Christians, God's going to pull out. Jesus Christ is going to pull out at the rapture. Therefore, be ye also ready. For in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? The Lord's given us directions to do things he has us doing, but he also says, I want you to be watching, because you never know when I'm coming. And why should we be watching? We should be watching because when he comes, we want him to find us working. Now, I'm a boss at my work. I'm not a big, big boss, but I'm one of the bosses at my job. And it's pretty amazing that when I pull up in my truck, I pull up my truck underneath where everybody's supposed to be working. I'll sneak up on them. And I don't, I'm not sneaking up on purpose, amen. I just happen to be driving up. But they think I'm sneaking up on them because they don't hear me. And I pull them pulling up there. They'll be sitting there in a chair like this watching videos on their phone or doing something. And whenever one of them keeps out, I can, I can see it happening. It's like a bunch of ants. Like, they're sneaking. And they jump up and get to wiping down their trucks and, you know, they're like pretending like they're working and everything. That's the way we're going to be, Christian. And it makes, makes, my, it makes my heart swell when I pull up there and they don't know I'm coming and I see a few of my guys out there working. See, when I first got moved up at my job, I had to make a decision of who was going to be my right-hand man, who was going to be the guy that was under me. I had to make that decision. So, of course, everybody in my department's like, I, I want to be under you, kid. I can do it. I, I can do it. I tell you what, I, I'm, your, I'm your guy. I'm your guy. I'm a hard worker. I'll be here every day. I'm, I'm a hard worker. But what the guys didn't realize was they had been interviewing for that job for years because I knew them already. I knew the guy that would work. I knew the guy that would, that would come to work every day. I knew the guy. I knew him already. I'd been working around him for years. They thought they were going to come in and then that one interview win me over. <laughs> I'm going to win you. I'm going to win you over. Man, dude, I've been watching you for years and years and years. And I tried to, I tried to encourage my guys, guys, you're not interviewing for a job when you get to get that job. You're interviewing for that job right now. Is when you're interviewing right now, this day, for a job you might have an opportunity to get two years from now. So you better show me you can work. You better show me you can do. You can be responsible. Show you I can give you a responsibility and you can take care of it. That's exactly I understand it. That's exactly how Jesus Christ feels. He gives us responsibilities down here. We should be busy. We should be doing those things because when the millennial kingdom comes, he says, I'm going to put you over ruling over 10 cities. I'm going to put you doing this. I'm going to put you doing that. But if you're, Jesus Christ says, but if you're not faithful in the very least, how can I let you be faithful in a lot? But they that are faithful in the very least, it might be a little bitty thing God's given you to do, Christian, but if you can be faithful in that, he said, I can give you a lot to be faithful in. Amen. So I understand all this. He said, you need, you need to be watching because you don't know when I'm coming. In other words, the teachers left the classroom and all the kids are going crazy. You ever done that? I know when I was a kid, didn't and then everybody, so you always had that one kid that doesn't do anything wrong. It's like, well, I'm not going to do anything because Mrs. So-and-so might come back. Okay, well, idiot, go stand at the door and watch. We'll be like, ah, and we're over here, ah. And then they're like, oh, Mrs. So-and-so's coming. Mrs. So-and-so's coming. And we all stand up and get, get back in our chairs. I'm teaching some of you kids how to misbehave. But 
That's just some of the tricks I know. Look at Mark chapter 13. Look at Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13. Jesus is coming. We need to be watching for him. We need to be watching for him. And he come, he's coming as a thief. He's coming as a thief. Otherwise, he's sneaky. He's coming in. You'll never know what happened, and your stuff will be, it'll be gone. All that stuff will be gone. That's the worst gut feeling I've ever had in my life is coming home from somewhere and finding somebody stole something, either stole a bike or stole something off my front porch. Or, that's, that's a horrible feeling. And that's how the devil's going to get it. When all the, can you imagine the world, what it's going to be like when all the Christians are gone out of it? We're the only thing good in here. We're the only thing keeping this place sane. Man, when we leave this insane asylum, all the inmates are going to take over. Woo! If you're left behind, that's a good enough reason right there to get saved. Amen? I wouldn't want to be left with all these cuckoo birds. Mark chapter 13, verse 32. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man. This is Jesus speaking. No, not even the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Nobody knows the exact day Jesus Christ come back. No, come back. Nobody does. But you can be watching. Take ye heed, watch, and pray, for you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, that's Jesus takes off to heaven, a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Watch you therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh, at evening or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping, and what I say to you, I, what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Wow, he says that watch a lot in those verses, don't he? Because he wants you to watch. Don't be asleep. It don't, he don't want you slumbering and sleeping and not paying attention. He says, I want you to be alert. I want you to be awake. I want you to be watching because you know what? I'm coming back and I want you to be busy and I want you to be ready for my coming back. You know, I think about that and I think about when I, I used to have an old dog and I'd leave the house and I'd come back to the house. You know where I'd find that dog? He'd be right there on the front porch waiting on me. And like he knew I was coming. And I'd pull up in the car, and I'd get out, that, old, that old dog would see me pull up that car. Old dog would run out. He'd run around the car. He'd be barking. He'd be wagging his tail. Man, that made me feel good. That dog was watching for me. Can't we do as much as a dog would do? Sit there and watch. And that dog come out there. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> Jesus comes back, we're going to be barking. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Some of us are going to be turned around. What? What were y'all talking about? I didn't know. Oh, boom, we're raptured out. We need to be watching. You don't know when he's coming. Let me show you another one of these. Look at Luke chapter 21. Gospel of Luke chapter 21. I, I, I warned you that I was going to be turning through some scripture this morning. But I'm trying to show you a principle in your New Testament. A principle in your New Testament is that Jesus Christ, number one, is coming back. And number two, we should be watching. Watching means you think he's coming back. It's alertness. It's, you're not sleeping. You're alert. You have some relatives coming over. If you're like me, if you know somebody's coming over, you know what the first thing I do? Clean the house. And my wife keeps a clean house. There's nothing else. My wife keeps a good clean house. But we do an extra bit of cleaning. Amen. You make sure everything's cleaned up. Because you know they're coming and you're watching. You don't know, now you don't know what hour they're coming. And you're kind of watching out the window. And you're watch, that's the way the Lord wants us to be. Keep everything clean. Keep busy. Be watching. Because he's coming. Look at, verse, look at Luke chapter 21. Uh, let's skip up to verse 25. 
Because I, I want to point this out, what I was I just preaching about earlier. Verse 25, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars upon the earth, distress of nation, nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. I just preached about that. Men's hearts failing them, failing them for fear for look, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, those things that are coming on the earth, those things that are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. What shall we do then, Lord Jesus? Of knowing all of this, what shall we do? Verse 28. And when these things begin, not when they're happening, when they begin to come to pass, brothers and sisters, they're beginning to come to pass right now, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. Praise God. He said, when you start seeing all these things, start, you're starting to see those earthquakes in diverse places. You're starting to see the seas and the waves roaring. You're starting to see all this weird stuff. They're talking about aliens, talking about these creatures. The powers of heaven are shaking. You're starting to see all that? He said, you better start looking up because your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. We're lucky to live here in Texas, praise God. And one of the, we, there's million, I could give you a million reasons why it's great to be a Texan. One reason is, is because we live where the trees aren't going 60, 80, 100 feet up in the air. At least this part of Texas. When there's a storm or there's something going on way off, we can see it for miles, miles off. Amen. That's a, that's a blessing. And when I see that, old, see that big old storm cloud and I see that sun hit that storm cloud and come through that storm cloud and I see those rays coming through there, I think that's Jesus, how it's going to look when he comes back. Boy, I get excited. Looking up. Looking up. Looking up. Because your redemption, your redemption draws an eye. Look at 1 Thessalonians. A couple more verses, 1 Thessalonians. Christian, look up. Keep your eyes up. You're getting tired of this old world. You're getting tired of what you see is going on up in Washington. You're getting tired of seeing what's going on in the world. Don't look at Washington. Don't look at what's going on in the politics. Look up. Look up for Jesus. Watch for him. He's coming. That's our blessed hope. That's, our, that's everything to us is that Jesus is coming back. Paul said if Jesus was for this world right now, we would be men most miserable. Jesus is for the life to come. He's coming back. He's going to take us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 2. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Amen. When they shall say peace and safety, which is what they say today, then sudden destruction come upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, amen, that the day should overtake you as a thief. You are all children of the light, and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep, as do others. But let us watch, and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us, the Christians, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Verse 9, for God hath not appointed us to wrath. All of the book of Revelation. But to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 
You're not appointed to that day of wrath. You're appointed to salvation by Jesus Christ. Look at verse 10. Who died for us, that whether we wake, we're alive, or sleep, or gone on to die, died, we should live together with him. If you die today, you're going to go be with Jesus. If you're awake, you're with Jesus. We want to be with Jesus. How, how are you with Jesus? He's not standing there with you. Jesus is in me, the hope of glory. Jesus is in me. He's in you. Everybody that's a born-again Christian, the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Praise God. Spiritual things, spiritual. Let me show you one last one and we'll go home. 2 Peter, going back towards Revelation. 2 Peter, going back towards Revelation. We're closing here, guys, I promise. 2 Peter, chapter 3. I just want to get all these out there to you. I want to hammer home the truth that you are supposed to be watching for Jesus. 2 Peter, chapter 3, verse 9. If you're not saved in here this morning, this verse is for you. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing. He's not willing that any should perish. He don't want you going to hell, but that all should come to repentance. He wants you to repent and get saved. Verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. See, Scientists has it wrong. Scientists thinks it began with a big bang. They got it wrong. It's going to end with a big bang. That's what's, It's going to end with the bang. Not, it don't begin with the big bang. It's going to end with the, big, with the big bang. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that therein shall be burned up. Everything you see in here is going to be gone. This pulpit, this church, these lights, everything. Poof, burned up. Everything's burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and goodliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? What kind of Christians should we be? What kind of life should we be living? The problem is you're not living life like Jesus is coming back. You're not living life like all this stuff's going to be burned up. The world's got you living life like that car that you're fighting and, and, and working all day long for, that car that you're spending all that money on, you're acting like it's going to last forever. See, you spent $60,000 on that car, and you drove it off the lot, and now it's worth forty. Amen. That's the way the world works. The devil's got you, <laughs> and he's laughing at you because you're working overtime so you can buy that boat. Which is the, what's the best, the best day you buy a boat is the day you bought it and the day you sell it. Those are the best two days of owning a boat. The point is, is that you're working for all this stuff, it's going to burn. It's all going to dissolve. And before it burns and dissolves, you're going to be in the ground and the worms are going to eat you. You need to be working for Jesus Christ, looking for Jesus Christ, and remembering that all this stuff's going to burn up. What kind of conversation, what kind of conduct should you have knowing all that? Look at verse 13 in closing. We're closing. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look. What are we looking for? New heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Amen. That's what we're looking for. Heavenly Father, we thank you.
We thank you for your love and grace and mercy, Lord God. Forgive us for not watching for you, Lord Jesus. The devil's got us just looking everywhere but you. We're keeping our eyes on everything but you. And we, 